Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you this morning. If you would stand and let's worship together, if you would. Amen. Your grace is enough. Let's sing it together. Come on, put your hands together. Help us out.
because of that, we have victory in Jesus. Amen. Let's sing victory in Jesus together. victory in Jesus. If you don't, we can take care of that this morning. Amen. So good to see you. Uh, if you're saved, notify your face, put a smile on, turn around, tell somebody you sure do look good this morning. Amen. Let's fellowship for just a little bit if you would this morning. All right.
us some good fellowship. If you would, you can find your place and go ahead and be seated. Brother Martin is going to give us our announcements this morning. Amen. Good morning. All right, if you're a first-time visitor, will you signify it by raising your hand? We just want to document that you were here. If no first-time visitors, all home people. All right. So uh, we do have a full schedule on Wednesdays. We have Wednesday morning Bible study at 10 a.m. Then that night we do feed you supper at 6 p.m. And then we have children's services, which I believe uh, last Wednesday was our first time over here in our children's building. That is a praise report there. We have youth services and then we have adult services. Uh, so we have something for everybody. We do need more volunteers for the different things we do to upkeep this uh, church uh, for the summer. If you will see Brother Mark on that, if you have any time to volunteer, that would be amazing. And then your giving can be done the old way with uh, dropping your money off in the bucket on your way out. Or you can go online and go to giving.landmarktyler.com. That is, I'm, I'm a conversion. I converted over that way. So uh, you do not need a PayPal. You can simply go on there, and it is very, very e easy, and you just hit the easy button. Uh, also, we have teen camp, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow. We have our teenagers, about 25, lovely, well-behaved, well-mannered darlings. <laughs> Uh, they will spend the week uh, from Monday to Friday at Camp Fuego. Literally, it's a mile into Louisiana. We take their phones from them, my favorite part. I can't live without it, then you're going to die. Um, and then we just feed them Jesus the whole week. So that is exciting. If you would like to sponsor a kid or give any money for a kid, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Many of you know. Uh, most of our kids are not able to afford that, but we've never left a kid behind because of money. The other thing is um, normally we take a whole bunch of water as well. We've got to keep them hydrated. Otherwise, you know, we get in trouble if they dehydrate. So if you want to bring any water this week, that would be amazing. We will load it up in the trailer, give it to Brian. Brian is going to have an amazing week with some smelly middle school, high school boys. <laughs> I do want to thank Brian and April for stepping up and going and spending that week there. Um, I think they will they, they will come back uh, different. I just don't know what different. Also, Vacation Bible School. That's the next thing that we have coming up. Thank you, Natalie. It's going to be August the 2nd through the 5th during the evenings. Uh, we will need volunteer helpers with teaching, with feeding, with uh, I'm sure snack time, that's my favorite time. And then if you can help, see Brother Mark. Um, I just was voluntold that I am doing the uh, recreation stuff. So if you want to help me, I would greatly appreciate it. I am great at sports and will beat you at anything. Uh, so if anybody wants to accept that challenge, I'll see you after church. Amen. That sounds like the gauntlet was thrown down right there. Amen. Hey, uh, we are so excited uh, uh, for Vacation Bible School. We've been meeting, having some meetings just to uh, get everybody lined out and organized. So we are going to have another meeting today after church in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, shouldn't be long. Should be about uh, 10 minutes or so. We're just trying to make sure everybody's lined up, everybody's on the same page. And we still need a few volunteers. So if you've not volunteered yet, it is not too late. 
and uh, you just volunteer. We'll tell you what to do. We, we've got all the materials for you. And so uh, meet with me, if you would, right after service in the fellowship hall, and we'll get all that lined out. Also, if anybody has a large vehicle, uh, a 15-passenger van, we have one here for uh, the church owns, but uh, as uh, Brother Martin said, we got 25 going to youth camp. I, I was able to rent a 15-passenger to, to go do what? 28. Oh, 28. We increased. Oh, good. All right. We got 28 going. So we, we do have another van rented to get them down there on Monday, but a, renting a 15-passenger van on a Friday is next to impossible, I have discovered. Uh, so uh, I'm probably going to need, if anybody's got access to one, a church we could borrow one from. Uh, I wasn't going to ask for a large suburban or something, but I don't think that's even going to cut it if we got 28. So, yeah. So we do need a 15-passenger van, all right? So if you, uh, if you know somebody, you have access to that, uh, we can get them there. Uh, we just would like for them to come home. I'm sure the parents would like for them to come home. Uh, so we need a way to get them back here on Friday. So uh, let me know if you've got uh, any connections on that or can help. Well, let's, uh, let's stand again, if you would. Let's worship together. We're going to continue to worship. And a great old hymn, There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Amen. Let's sing it together.
sing this bridge, and it says, Hallelujah, a fountain full of love for us, poured out for us. And that blood of Jesus fills that fountain that covers your sins and my sins. Amen. So let's rejoice in the Lord and sing hallelujah. It goes like this. Sing it with us. today. Lord, thank you for that blood that was spilled for us. Lord, thank you for the cross. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. Lord, we thank you for everything you've done. We thank you for providing salvation through the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that our sins are covered by that blood. And Lord, I pray if someone today does not know you as their Savior, that they might come to know you as their Savior today. Lord, I pray if there is someone who is struggling today in their faith or struggling, God, with knowing for sure whether they would go to heaven or they were to die today. I pray they would not leave with that doubt today, God. Because, Lord, our salvation is not based upon anything we can do. Our salvation is not based upon our goodness or our good deeds or our good works. Our salvation is secured purely in the blood and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. And so we pray today. Lord, we pray for freedom. 
And Lord, we pray today that God, if there is something, the God that is locking us up, if there's unforgiveness in our heart, Lord, as I talk on that today, God, would you just set somebody free today in this building today? We love you and we thank you for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offering if you would. You may be seated. And if you, uh, if you have children that would like to go to children's church, which way are we going today? We... Yes, ma'am. Kindergarten and under are going to go through this door. First grade through sixth grade are going to go through that door. And mind you. Amen. Our new children's building. Amen. And if you've not gotten to uh, walk through that, you can, uh, after we get through here today, you can walk through that. All right. So from here on out, the younger ones are going to go that way. And the older ones will go this way to the new children's building. It's a wonderful thing. Amen. Um, hey, I wanted to share with you today what I think is a very important message because I think we all struggle and this this is going to kind of be the last one on freedom that I do and uh, last week we talked about forgiving yourself and sometimes that's the hardest person to forgive isn't it is yourself but I did not want to leave it without addressing this subject because everybody in this room has been hurt everybody in this room has been hurt by somebody somebody else. And so last week I covered about, you know, forgiving yourself, but this week I want to talk about forgiving those who hurt you because everybody in this room has been hurt in one way or another, hadn't they? Uh, somebody hurt you, whether it be intentionally or unintentionally, maybe it was a good friend, maybe it was a family member, maybe it was a spouse, maybe, but we've all been wounded. We've all been hurt. There's not anybody in here that is, uh, that has not experienced that. And so today, the question becomes, how do we forgive those who hurt us? Uh, because quite honestly, God can never do completely what he wants to do in your life. You will never be free to do what God calls you to do in your life if there is unforgiveness in your heart. And so I found a great video uh, that I wanted to just kind of use to give you that example, all right? So if you would, watch the screens, and uh, this is just a little video on, on forgiveness, if you would.
It's powerful, isn't it? Um, one of those, I think, you know, we think a lot of, about things that hurt us, but I don't know if you catch, you know, the, the one that really struck me as much is probably a hurt most of us will never encounter, and that's you killed my daughter. And I actually know somebody, and I probably have told this story before, but uh, a man at our church that we served at in Hawkins, um, his sister was killed um, back in the 80s. I think the late 80s, if you, many of you maybe that lived around here would remember there was several murders near Lake Hawkins. And one of those victims was this guy's sister. And uh, he got up in church one Sunday and talked about that the bitterness and the unforgiveness was just eating in him. And, and he planned to go and confront this guy. He went to visit him in prison and had half a mind to try and smuggle something in to kill this guy. That's how much bitterness he had and how much anger he had toward this man. And uh, he gets in to go visit him, but God convicts him that uh, he needs to witness to this guy. And he's, he's arguing with the Lord. Lord, the last thing I want to do is witness to this guy. I don't want this guy to have eternal life. I don't want this guy in heaven. I want to kill him. But God convicts him. Long story short, he ends up sharing the gospel with the man in prison. And over two or three visits, that man ends up giving his heart to Jesus Christ. And amen, yeah. And so guess what happens in that? Two people were set free that day. Uh, the, the guy that had killed his daughter has been forgiven and set free from that, as terrible as that is. And I, I know there's some people say, you know what? God can forgive a lot, but God can't forgive that. Listen. I told you last week, remember the thief on the cross. If you were dying by crucifixion, usually they only reserved that for the worst. Most likely the thief on the cross was actually a murderer on the cross. And Christ looks at him today and he says, today you will be with me in paradise. Amen. And so anything can be forgiven from the worst of the worst. Amen. And so not only was that man set free, but guess who else was set free? The man who was holding all the bitterness in his heart. The man who was holding all of the hurt in his heart. He said, that day I, I was able to forgive that man and I was set free. Because I didn't realize how it had me locked up and it was a cancer in my heart. Amen. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, we've all had someone hurt us. Uh, it's either by misunderstanding or maybe it's just been outright betrayal. So what hurts you and you are wounded and... Maybe you've never gotten over it. Maybe you think you've gotten over it, but deep down you really have not gotten over it. Maybe, uh, maybe you think you've forgiven, but you've not forgotten. Can I tell you this? It's, it's easy to forgive, hard to forget. Amen? And sometimes that, that memory stays in there. But, uh, again, if we, if we hold that bitterness in us, whether, and, and many of us say, well, you don't know what they did to me. Can I tell you this? It doesn't matter if it's, uh, if it's needed or not, if you're holding that bitterness, maybe, maybe they deserve for you to hate them. Maybe they deserve for you to uh, never want to forgive them. But understand this, you are, you are killing yourself. You are suffering from spiritual death yourself if you harbor that bitterness in your heart. And so I want to talk to you about that day uh, today to be set free. All right. 
The first scripture is Mark chapter 11, verse 25. And many of us have read most of these verses before, but I wonder if we've always taken them to heart because they're very serious verses. And whenever you stand praying, and, and I'm just going to tell you to take these at face value, exactly what it says. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Now, I don't want to read too much into this scripture, but if I, if I flip that verse and it says, if I have anything against anyone, I need to forgive him so my Father in heaven will also forgive me. What is the flip side of that? If I don't forgive the one I have something against, what would the opposite of that other say? That maybe I not, may not be forgiven of my trespasses. That's stout, isn't it? That's strong. That's strong wordings. And I'm not trying to add or take away from Scripture. I'm just telling you, take the flip side of that, of what that says. That's pretty, pretty strong wording there, okay? And most people would say, and, and anytime I preach something like this, I get pushed back. Because somebody will come and they will say, well, Brother Martin, you don't know what they did to me. It was terrible. And I don't try to downplay that at all. Again, everything from murder on down. Maybe you were sexually abused. In our culture today, that is a high probability. Maybe you were physically abused. Maybe, uh, maybe by a family member. Maybe by a stranger. Maybe somebody cheated on you, was unfaithful to you. And I'm, I, hear me today, I'm not condoning any of that or saying any of that is okay. But we've got to understand from the worst of the worst, this, this applies. We must forgive. Uh, maybe you might say, well, you know, somebody gossiped against me. Or maybe you might say, I can't forgive this person because my loved one was killed by a drunk driver. Sometimes it's, it's uh, you know, murder without intention. And maybe somebody was driving drunk and they killed your loved one. Uh, maybe your spouse cheated on you and you cannot get past it. You cannot get over it. Maybe someone lied to you that was very close to you, and you can't get past that lie. Maybe you never had a dad or a mom. Maybe somebody abandoned you when you were young, and you've never gotten over that, and you've never truly forgiven them in your heart. Uh, maybe your husband or your wife uh, did something or said something that deeply wounded you, and you just can't get past it, and it is affecting your marriage. Here's a big one. Maybe today you're bitter at God. Maybe today you're mad at God because you don't feel like God has done what you think he ought to do for you. Or a big one that I talked about last week is maybe you're just mad and bitter at yourself. Maybe you can't look in the mirror because you have a hard time forgiving yourself. You know you've done something. You know you failed. And even though God has forgiven you, he promised he would forgive you, you can't look in the mirror and forgive yourself. And again, like I said last week, sometimes that's the hardest one to do is forgive yourself. So who hurt you? The second question is who? Someone at work? Maybe it was your mom or your dad? Maybe it was a business deal gone bad? Maybe you had a handshake deal with one person, and they said, my word is strong as oak. Turned out it was weak as a sapling, amen? And somebody said they would do one thing and didn't follow through. Maybe it's a business deal gone bad. Maybe it was that close friend. 
Maybe at one time, this was your closest friend in the world, and you feel like they just stabbed you in the back and twisted the knife. Um, again, uh, who is it that hurts you? we got to understand. Uh, so here comes the question. Let's just answer the question. Why should I forgive them? Mark, again, you don't know what they did to me. Why should I forgive them? I'm going to give you two main reasons of why you should forgive them. Number one, and I kind of already touched on this, because unforgiveness hurts me. Unforgiveness hurts me. doesn't hurt the person you're mad and bitter at. It hurts you, all right? The scripture on this one is Hebrews 12, 15. It says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. A root of bitterness. You know where many of y'all are uh, gardeners, and uh, my dad was a nurseryman. He had a green thumb. I did not get that gift. I have a black thumb. If you leave it in my care, I will kill it. Uh, I'm just not good at that. But I, I did spend enough time around my dad and around other people who grow things to know that when you plant something, even haphazardly sometimes, you can throw seed out on the ground and it, just on any ground, and many times that will sprout up and bring something. Life will come from that. But a root of something is, starts way deep down in you. If you go and you pull something out of the ground, but you don't get the root, what happens? It keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. So that root of bitterness, it starts way down deep in your heart. If you have a root of bitterness, it is way down deep inside of you. Amen. And you've got to get the root out. If you don't get the root out, that bitterness will just keep coming back and coming back and coming back. So here's, here's an interesting saying. Uh, I don't know who to give credit to on this, but I thought it was really good. The Bible says this, love keeps no record of wrongs. And then somebody just added to it, but bitterness keeps detailed records. Leave that up for a second. Love keeps no record of wrongs, but bitterness keeps detailed records. Now, that first part comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That's called the love chapter. And that's, a lot of that's quoted in marriage vows. Uh, love is patient. Love is kind. And in there, it says, love keeps no record of wrongs. That's a tough one, husbands and wives. Amen? Because I'm here to tell you, uh, when my wife does me wrong, there she is over there. When my wife does me wrong, I'm filing that away in the mental filing cabinet. Amen? Because I might want to, I might need to bring that up when we have a little discussion some other time. I might want to bring that back up. And we keep a filing cabinet in our brain many times with our spouses, don't we? But you know what? If I'm really being the spouse that I need to be, and I'm really being what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 tells me, I need to keep no record of wrongs. I need to forgive it before it ever happened. I need to not only forgive it, I need to forget it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Because we're very good at forgiving. Because I can tell you what happens, amen? Your spouse keeps that file. And they say, I forgive you, but they're filing it away. The forgive and the forget is hard. Because I keep a record, because again, I might need that information later on. But in, to, in order to have a scriptural marriage, I believe we've got to forgive it and forget it. All right? Put the file away. Don't just put the file away. Burn the file. Amen. So, um, but bitterness keeps very detailed records. So what happens many times when your spouse says something to you in the heat of battle? Uh, 
Anybody here know what I'm talking about? In the heat of battle, you say things that you really should not say. You say things probably, maybe that probably that you don't even mean, but you're just mad at the moment. And so you say things, and I warn married couples about this all the time because uh, it's like words are toothpaste. Once it comes out of the tube, it ain't going back in. And when you've said something and you have personally wounded your spouse, that record goes up in their brain. And many times that's where a root of bitterness begins. And that root of bitterness starts. And they may go on as if your marriage is still all good and everything's still good, but they inside they have begun a root of bitterness. And that root of bitterness will begin to grow and grow and grow. All right? Um, Anne Lamont said this, Unforgiveness is like drinking rat poison, hoping the other person will die. It's pretty good, isn't it? It's like drinking rat poison, thinking I'll get you, and you drink the poison, thinking that's going to affect the other person. You think about, I'm not going to forgive them. I'll show you. I'm not going to forgive you, and I'm going to let this hatred just grow in my heart. And I'm watching you, hoping you'll die. That's stupidity, isn't it? You drinking the poison, but that other person's not going to die. In fact, I would say this, many times, maybe 85 90% of the time, that other person ain't losing any sleep over it. They may not even realize they hurt you. They may not even realize they wounded you. They may have done it unintentionally, or they may have said something off the cuff, and it wounded you in such a deep way, but they didn't think anything of it. Because Satan is very good at taking what comes out of my mouth, and before it gets to your ears, he twists it just a little. And by the time it hits your ears, he is a liar. He is the, the father of lies. And he will tell you, what did he mean by that? I think he was dissing you. I think that was, I think he meant that in a cruel way. And I might not have ever had that intention. It came out of my mouth, but Satan can take it between my mouth and your ears and completely twist it around. And I may go years and years and years. I've done that. I had a lady come to me at one church I served at and said, I've been mad at you for five years. I said, well, my Lord, all right. And she said, you said something to me one day, and you made a comment, and you knew I had a son that struggled in that area, and I felt like you made that comment kind of offhand, and uh, it was very kind of flippant, and I got mad at you that day, and I have just held this in for five years. I've let this root of bitterness just grow in me, and I think she probably just heard a sermon just like this one, and she said, I've got to get rid of this because it is killing me. And I had no idea that I had wounded the lady. I had no idea I had offended the lady. Five whole years. Five whole years. How many times is that repeated over and over again? How many times has it gone on way longer than five years? Maybe it's been a lifetime. And somebody's held that in and held that in. Um, number two reason. Number one, because unforgiveness hurts me. Number two, because I will need forgiveness again. You're going to need it again. Guess what? If you hadn't lived long enough, you're going to mess up again. You're going to say something stupid again. Mark Trammell, I can guarantee you, unless I died right here today, amen, I'm probably going to say something stupid again or do something stupid again. I will need forgiveness again. Here's what I discover with people. I want plenty of mercy from God, but then many times I won't give that same mercy to others. I want God to have grace and mercy and to not look upon my sin 
and to forgive it and cast it away as far as the east is from the west. But I don't want to operate that way. I want to harbor it. If you, if you mess with me and you say something or do something to me, I want to get you back. Revenge is the word. Amen. I want revenge. What does the Bible say? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Get rid of it. Leave it. It's not yours. If somebody did do wrong to you, it'll happen. There's justice. It may have to be wait until the Lord, we stand before the Lord, but there will be justice. But it is the Lord's, it's not yours. Revenge should not even be in our vocabulary. Unfortunately, it is very much so. I want mercy from God, but I want to withhold it from other people. Well, guess what? You cannot do that. So the big question then becomes, well, how do I forgive someone who hurt me? Now, you're not going to like these answers. Let me just tell you right up front. Because these answers have to do with you putting your own feelings aside. These answers have to do with you having great humility and putting your own vengeance and your own hurtfulness and putting it aside. Amen. And so we need to understand this. Uh, so how do I forgive someone who hurt me? Number one, pray for those who hurt you. Pray for those who hurt you. Can you imagine how hard it was for that man in Hawkins to walk into that prison and to look that man in the eye that had killed his sister and say, I want to pray for you and I want to present the gospel for you because I want you to be forgiven and I need to forgive you? Can you imagine how hard that was to put aside the anger and the hatred and how wounded he was? Can you imagine how hard that was? Listen, but that's what the Lord did for us. One of those signs on that video, uh, he said, you killed my daughter. And, he, and then when he flipped the card over, it said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Because Jesus hung on a cross looking down at the very people who were murdering him. And what did he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How can I withhold forgiveness if the Lord has done? Here's what Jewish law said, and, and Jesus even quoted this. He said, Jewish law says, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You do something to me, I'm going to take it back from you. That's what Jewish law said. That's what the culture said. Guess what? Nothing's changed in thousands of years. That's exactly what our culture today says. You take something from me, I want to take it from you. All right, now we got to be within the bounds of the law, but you go to many other countries, third world countries, and it is literally still an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You go to some of these third world countries and you steal something, you know what the punishment is? Put your hand on the chopping block. They're going to chop the hand off. You get caught slandering somebody, stick your tongue out, going to take your tongue out. Amen? And that's the, the punishment fits the crime, so to speak, many times in other cultures. So we need to understand that's what culture said then. That's a lot of what we like now. You mess with me, I'm going to mess with you. And I'm going to exact vengeance on you. But that's not what Scripture says. Matthew 5, 43 and 44 says this. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what culture says. But I say to you, and Jesus was saying this, and it was going against everything that Jewish law and culture taught. And he was turning it upside down. He said, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Excuse me? Do what? Bless those who curse you. That guy that cursed you on the road the other day, bless him, Lord. Amen? 
That one that told you you were number one, bless him, Lord. Amen. Bless those who curse you. Now, wait, it, it don't stop there. Do good to those who hate you. <laughs> These just get better and better, don't they? Do good to those who hate you. And then it says to pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. We're not talking about just a little enemy. We're talking about a big enemy. And he says to pray for them and then to do good to them and to bless them. Have you ever prayed for somebody that did wrong to you? That's a hard thing to do. It's what Jesus tells us to do. It's what God calls us to do, to pray for those who hurt us. But it is not easy to do because I don't want to pray that God bless them. I don't want to pray that God would give them joy and peace. No, I want them to hurt just like I'm hurting. I want vengeance. Amen. All right. Uh, here's what you've got to do to do that. It's not easy, but I want you to listen to me. It's action before attitude. Quite honestly, with this person who hurt you, your attitude probably stinks. Again, I'm, going, I'm not your daddy, but I'm going to talk to you like your daddy here today, okay? It's attitude. It's action before attitude. The Lord tells me this is what I'm supposed to do. My attitude tells me, uh-uh, uh-uh, I am not going to do that. And so my attitude towards this person stinks. So I need to take the action and get rid of the attitude. I need to ignore the attitude because the devil will whisper in your ear and he will lie to you and say, that person don't deserve nothing from you. That person doesn't deserve any forgiveness. Don't, you don't read that. Don't listen to that. That's foolishness. That's what the world says that the gospel is foolishness. Amen? The world says that's foolishness. But I'm here to tell you there's a root of bitterness in you, and you need to get rid of it because it is like a cancer inside of you today. All right? The second thing is this. If I wait for the feeling, I may wait forever. There are people who have wounded me, and quite honestly, if I'm waiting for the feeling to be forgiving towards them, I'm probably going to be waiting forever, and it ain't never ever going to happen. So I need to stop waiting for the feeling. I just need to take action, be obedient to what God said do, and I need to forgive them, and I need to pray for them. Some of you today, and I don't know if anybody will do this, because again, this is easy to say, hard to do. Some of you need to make a phone call today. Some of you need to write a letter today. Some of you need to go and stand face-to-face -face with that person. Now, depending on the situation, I don't know which one is better, but you need to pray about it and decide which approach is better. But some of you need to make phone calls. Some of you need to have a conversation. Some of you need to write a letter. And you need to say, and don't, don't let your feelings get in the way. Just be humble and say, I just know, need you to know I forgive you. And they may say, well, I, I don't need your forgiveness. I, and it doesn't matter what their response is. You're trying to do what God tells you to do. And you can only do what you can do. So their response is really means nothing. Their response is inconsequential. It's you doing what you know God called you to do. And so whether they respond in kind or whether they say, well, pfft, what are you forgiving me for? I didn't do nothing wrong. That's, that's very likely that's what you'll get. But it doesn't matter. 
have great humility, and however you communicate with them, say, Lord, the Lord asked me to do this. And so I, I want you to know, I, I forgive you. And I own, and, and there's nothing wrong, many times we got to own our own junk. And so in that letter or that conversation, say, uh, I own my part. I know I probably could have handled it better, or I know I could have said something different. I own my part, but I want you to know, I forgive you. I would like for us to not have this bitterness between us anymore. All right? And again, you can't control their response. You're simply being obedient to what God calls you to do. Number two thing is kind of what we've already crossed, and that is forgive as you've been forgiven. You say, well, how, how in the world would you forgive somebody that murdered a loved one? Or how in the world would you forgive somebody that cheated on you? Or how in the world would you forgive somebody that called you names or abused you or did any of those things? How in the world could you forgive that person? Well, I'm going to give you one scripture that really is the crux of all of this today. And it's Colossians 3.13. And it says this. And I want you to catch the very first part. Bearing with one another. Bearing with one another. Many times, even to reestablish a relationship, it takes great patience. It, it may not happen in one sitting. And so we need to have long suffering for each other. We need to bear with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, and here's the key part, even as Christ forgave you, so you also maybe should do? What? Must do. Sounds like a commandment to me. Not a request. You must do this. If you're ever going to get past it, if you're ever going to get out of lockdown, if you will, you've got to do this. Um, I wanted to share a personal story to kind of end this with. Um, I've, after college, before Julie and I got married, I went and traveled with a group for a year. And uh, it was a singing group, and we went all over the country, went to, into Canada, and uh, went a bunch of different places, singing in different churches or uh, different places every night. And uh, the guy that led the group, um, very early on in our, our tour that year, he got sick with cancer. And so he, uh, he came to me one day and he said, I'm going to leave you in charge. Uh, I've got to go home and get treatment for this cancer. So, uh, and again, I, I've kind of told this story from the other aspect of it. I was very shy. Uh, I, I could sing, but I did not want to talk. And, of course, what did he say? You get to do all the talking every night. You're going to share the gospel every night. Uh, you're going to do all the introductions. And so you're going to talk. You're going to do exactly what you don't want to do because the Lord knew I needed to be brought out of this. And so he leaves, and he leaves for a few months. And, uh, and you know, all I can say is i got to give credit to the Lord because somehow I found my voice, and everything was going well several months, and uh, I, I kind of became a different person. I guess I became this person uh, that don't mind standing in front of people talking, and I would share the gospel. People were getting saved. Lives were being changed. Wonderful things happening. And um, the guy that ran the group came back several months later, and something had happened. Our relationship changed, and I think he was going through a lot of things. He was still dealing with his sickness, but he came back 
to try and uh, finish the, the tour out and do all those things. But his relationship and my relationship changed. And so uh, he came back, and I think, you know, maybe there was some pride. Maybe there was, uh, you know, some things just going on there. I know he was dealing still with his sickness, and it just, it was not good. He said some things to me. It hurt. Uh, when it came time to go home and take a break, uh, I opted, and I just said, I can't go back. Our relationship has changed. Uh, you know, I don't know why it changed. I've tried to fix it. I've done everything I know to try and fix this relationship. But for whatever reason, the relationship between he and I was not the same. So I opted not to come back. I left. I stayed at home, didn't go back. And uh, fast forward 30, 30 years or so. And this group uh, had already it had uh, played out in the early 90s, and it wasn't going anymore. But the guy sent out a Facebook, I still had contact through others on Facebook, that they were going to do a reunion deal. And he lived in Pennsylvania. This was going to be in Pennsylvania. And the Lord very clearly said it on my heart, Mark, you need to go to that reunion. And I said, Lord, I really don't want to go. I was only there one year. A lot of the people that will go to that, they were with it several years. It was one year. I really got hurt. And I don't know that I really want to see this guy again. I would love to see some of the other people that I was on the tour with. I would love to reconnect with them. But I really don't, I really don't want to go see this guy again. He hurt me. He wounded me. But the Lord just kept putting it on me. I talked to Julie about it. And she was like, oh, you need to go. You know, it would be wonderful. So she encouraged me. So I, I bought the plane ticket. And I flew up there by myself. And uh, 30 years after the fact. And when I walked in and saw the guy for the first time, I think he was very surprised to see me. And it was almost like I could see something going on in his mind. And I, I just stayed at the back. I didn't really interact with him. I just kind of interacted with I saw many of the people that I was on tour with, and I, I interacted with them. And it was, it was a wonderful time. But we had kind of the reunion that night, and then he invited uh, everybody back to his house the next day to have a, a barbecue. And so I even struggled, maybe I'll just go home, maybe just I'll leave early. But again, the Lord just encouraged me. And so I went to his house, and we were all at his house there. And uh, we all were sitting in his living room, kitchen area. And I'll never forget it. The Lord spoke to him, and he began to weep. And in front of everybody there, 30 years after the fact, he says to me, Mark, I need to ask for your forgiveness. He said, I was going through some things, and I was struggling. And just, uh, I had left, and things ended up, I wanted them to go good, but then I guess really I didn't want things to go good. I wanted it to maybe, when I left, to say, well, it can't go on without me. And I, he said, I was dealing with my sickness. I was dealing with a lot of emotions. And he said, I mistreated you, and I said things to you I should not have said, and I need to ask you to forgive me. And, you know, it just kind of caught me off guard because, you know, I didn't really want to go. Uh, I had kind of just put it at the back of my mind, but he realized, and God was doing something in me and him both, and he realized there was something un, un um it had not been addressed, 
for 30 years, and he knew he needed to address it. And thank God, you know, he noticed that, I noticed that, and we were able to hug it and put that behind us. Amen. And so we've got to understand, now that, that's not as big a thing as forgiving somebody for murdering your loved one or anything like that, but I'm here to tell you that that happens. And I want to tell you what ended up happening, and I'm going to ask the band to come as I kind of wrap up here. There, when that happened between me and that guy, here's what ended up happening. The prisoner was set free. But guess what? I may think the prisoner's that other person, but guess who the prisoner really is? The prisoner is you. Because that day when he and I were able to hug and put it behind us, he was set free and I was set free. Amen. But many times we look at the other person. Well, they hurt me. They wounded me. Well, you know, if I, if I do this, I'm setting you free. But that's really not who you're setting free. When you finally say, I'm going to let it go and forgive you, you're really set. You're the prisoner. And you're setting yourself free. Amen. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? I don't know today. Again, maybe this was not for anybody but me today, but I know hurt goes around a lot. There's a saying in Celebrate Recovery that says this. I don't know if you've ever heard it. It's very profound, though. Hurt people hurt people. And what that means is if you're carrying around bitterness in your heart and you're hurting, many times you're lashing out at the people closest to you because it is very true. Hurt people will hurt other people. And so today, you've got to get rid of that root of bitterness. I pray for there to be freedom in this room today. If you're here today and you're not sure of your salvation, first freedom you got to find is salvation. And that comes through Jesus Christ. He died for your sins. And the only way to heaven is through him. For he is the way, the truth, and the life. Maybe you've done that, but maybe you've wandered far away from him. The only way back to him is through Jesus. And so maybe today you need to recommit your life today. Or maybe today, as I talked about, there is somebody that you have a root of bitterness again. And you need to go home and however you need to handle it, the best way, you need to handle that and you need to address it. Not whether you feel it or not, just be obedient to what God tells you to do. So today, if that's you, I want to invite you today to find freedom through Jesus Christ. Pray this prayer in your heart and your mind with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And Lord, right now, the best way I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and save me from myself. I ask you today to be my Lord and my Savior. And Lord, help me to forgive anyone who's hurt me. Just as you've forgiven me, of everything. God, give me the strength to forgive other people who wounded me and hurt me. I ask this right now in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I never want to embarrass you, but I would like to pray for you. If you prayed that prayer today in any form or fashion, would you just lift up a hand so I could pray for you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands all over. We're going to have a time of response. If you'd like to come to this altar and kneel and pray, you can do that. If you need somebody to pray over you, Brother Martin's going to be on this side. I'll be on this side. We would be honored to pray with you. If you raised your hand just now, 
if you would just come to Brother Martin and myself and say, I prayed that prayer. Uh, we just want to encourage you. We just want to pray for you. You need to join this church. If you need to, whatever decision you need to make today, you come at this time while we sing. Lord, would you have your will and your way during this time? In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, if you would, while we sing, all right?
as you know, we always like to end with a song of worship. And uh, so we're going to talk, uh, we're going to sing today about the goodness of God. And then I have a wonderful couple to present to you in just a moment. All right, let's, let's sing this together, the goodness of God. Good. 
you. I can't do nothing for you. Amen. Well, we have a wonderful decision today. Bobby and Mary, would y'all come stand right here? I don't know if you've met this couple yet. They are a wonderful, wonderful couple. And uh, they're going to come stand here, Bobby and Mary. Amen. And uh, they, they, <laughs> they said, we've been coming long enough. We done figured it out. Amen. This is where we belong. Amen. And I'm glad. Amen. So uh, I just wanted to share that with you. They come to join our church today. Uh, and so we are so glad to have them today. Amen. And so as we pray, after, after we get through praying, I want you to come by and just hug their neck and shake their hand. Tell them how glad you are to have them uh, here today. Don't forget, uh, Vacation Bible School, volunteers, we're going to have a quick meeting in the fellowship hall right after the amen here. All right. And if you want to go tour the, uh, the new building, well, they're coming out over there. You can go over there and look at it uh, after we get done here. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Thank you for everybody that's in this place today. And, Lord, I pray. Thank you for Bobby and Mary and them being here today and being a part of our family. We welcome them with open arms, God. And may they be everything that we need, and may we be everything that they need, Father. And uh, thank you for binding our hearts together. Just pray that you be with everyone today as we go our separate ways. Bless us today and help us to be a witness as we go out this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week.